I'm so excited to talk to you guys about today's sponsor, Pros. Pros is the custom beauty brand that is all over your feed. I had been wanting to try them for so long. And when I tell you guys that I put on my Instagram story that they were going to be sponsoring the podcast, I got so many genuine organic responses from my following of people being like, oh my God, I love Pros. I've been using it for years. So don't even just take it from me, but take it from the genuine people that reached out agreeing with me about how much they love Pros. And when Pros says custom, they actually mean it. Each and every bottle of Pros custom hair and skincare is made to order and personalized with a unique blend of naturally powerful and proven effective ingredients to meet your needs. Their in-depth consultation analyzes over 80 factors for a complete view of your life and beauty goals. One of the coolest parts of the questionnaire that I thought was they literally asked me about my location and my zip code so that they could understand how hard the water is here, what the UV index is like, if it's cold, if it's dry, and all of that goes into these truly personalized products. Pros even did a third-party, double-blind, dermatologist-supervised controlled clinical study, aka the gold standard in research studies, and Pros proved that personalization works better than off-the-shelf alternatives. So try it for yourself and get your healthiest hair in 30 days or your money back. Pros is so confident that you'll love your results that they're offering the Artie Friends listeners an exclusive trial offer so that you can see the difference custom care can make. 50% off your first subscription order at pros, P-R-O-S-E dot com slash Artie Friends. That's pros.com slash Artie Friends for your free consultation and 50% off your one-of-a-kind formulas. Pros.com slash Artie Friends. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Welcome back to another episode of Already Friends. This is Allison. This is Kara. And today we're going to talk about all the ways that we've made money in the past, the art of the side hustle, all the things. But before we hop into it, we are starting a new segment. Do you want to share what that is? It is called Peak of the Week. Yes. And realize we kind of were already doing this, but we decided to get a little more structured in our intros. So each week we're going to share something that was the peak of the week, the coolest thing that happened to us, something cool we bought, or maybe just a funny story. So I can go first. My peak of the week last week. And I guess just a, a quick little recap of the week. Um, it was Connor's birthday. So I celebrated his birthday. That was on Saturday. Had a fun dinner with his parents. And then my parents came into town last week. So that was super fun. So I think they had met before like once at graduation, but it was fun to like actually hang out and we made steaks and all the stuff. So that was fun. And then my peak of the week was, oh yeah, I had a happy hour in St. Louis at the beginning of last week. And I just kind of posted on my story, like my friend Lauren, who I met in the fall, she also went to Mizzou. We had connected over Instagram. She was like, we should do happy hour. And then I just put it on my story. And then a lot of my other friends came, but a lot of them hadn't met. So it was kind of fun to connect all my St. Louis friends together. And then I met someone new. My friend Amy brought her friend Elena and that was super fun. So that was just such good energy. It was so nice out. We all sat outside, drank wine, had some charcuterie. Yeah, it so, looked really cute. Yeah. Yeah. And it's finally nice out. So I just feel like the vibes, they looked really good. The vibes are great and the flowers are blooming. Yeah, it was all good. Good so springtime fun. fun. And obviously peak, another peak was obviously Connor's birthday and <laughs> having everyone together and stuff, but... Okay, okay, wait. I have yeah. a clarif- clarifying question. Uh, you're saying that they'd Connor and your parents had only met once or Connor's parents and your parents had only met once? Oh, yeah. Sorry. So Connor's parents and my parents had only met once. Okay. <laughs> That's what I thought. Yeah, but no, I, I'm gosh. like, there's no yeah, way. Connor's definitely met my parents more than once. Oops. <laughs> yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah, okay. So that makes way more sense. Thank cool. you for asking. Yes, yes, of course. <laughs> um, yeah, we're also coming off of Easter being yesterday. Um, oh, my gosh. 
I don't want to be like, I'm a holiday hater, but <laughs> dude, the holidays just like, I'm not, I'm never looking forward to them because they just disrupt my life. <laughs> and it's chaos. It is truly chaos. I think you're speaking the truth. I agree. Yes. And I woke up yesterday and I was just like, cause last Sunday was when I was in San Diego. So last week was just kind of like, go, 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 go after I got home. And you know, if you don't have that Sunday to recoup, I felt like I was just kind of racing the clock all week. And then Easter falling on Sunday yesterday, I was like, okay, when am I going to have a chance to like get my life together and do my self care things and clean the house and give peaches a bath and all that stuff. And so I woke up and I'm not going to lie. I was like cursing over having to go do like five Easter's. Cause you know, if you have a blended family, <laughs> you've got like this Easter and this Easter, and you're just like running around all over town, putting on a face. And so I was like in the shower and I was like, no, I'm just going to change my whole attitude. I can either just be upset about this or I can just have a good time. And so I was like, I'm not going to wear the whole Easter outfit. Like that's going to make me upset today. And so I put on <laughs> like a little tank top and jeans and was like, this is literally like the trashiest Easter outfit ever, but I don't care because it's sunny out and I want to tan. And then we just had the best day. Like we were at my mom's and I was like, Yay. do you mind if we just like go sit outside? Like I'd rather go soak up the sunshine than just like sit inside and eat. And everyone was like, yes, agreed. So I just don't know why every holiday is all about like indulgence and giving gifts and eating terrible food. It's like, why can't we go for a walk or like go for a bike ride or do a scavenger hunt? Yeah. You know what I mean? An like Easter egg hunt. Yeah, I actually did that. Did you? <laughs> yeah, I, I was actually the one who put the eggs out. Me and Connor were the only people at Easter yesterday that didn't have kids. So we were like, all right, we'll be the Easter bunnies. It was really fun. That's I cute. love Easter egg hunts. It Clay was really cute because he has like a bunch of nephews <laughs> and they're all really young and they were just running around. It was adorable. Okay. Love that for you. I'm on the reverse end. <laughs> I was still finding the eggs. <laughs> oh my gosh. There's no I wish. I wish. I, but I'm like way too old compared to these like two and four year olds. But like, I would be right there with you. I love it. It's so fun. <laughs> Yes, it's exciting. Same. Okay, I'll read my little, I don't even want to say it's like an accomplishment, but it was just a feel good moment. So a girl that I like know through the store randomly messaged me. I think it was maybe like a drunk text because it was at like four o'clock in the morning. But she said, oh I'm sorry, I know it's late, but I was just stalking you and I want you to know all your work inspires people. I have so much respect for you. You're my role model. I hope you have a great weekend. All the love. Never stop doing what you do because you reach so many people. You are an enigma. And it just like I woke up to that and I was like, wow, like never underestimate the power of like sending a simple text like can change someone's whole day and week and vibe and it was just super cute. Yeah, that's so nice. Right? Wow. I know. And I agree. Like I, what did I see recently? But it was like, it was really corny, but it was like, imagine if the last words you sent to someone were written all over you. And it's like, yeah, you can send nice messages like that and spread that positivity to people. And like, that's just represents like who you are. And if that was written all over you, like if she had that, you know, that would obviously be a good reflection of her too. So I think that's so nice. And yeah, definitely good to spread the positivity. I think we can hop into the bulk of our episode now. Unless you have anything else to add, Kara? No, I think we can definitely get into it. So we had this topic right when we started the podcast. Like we wanted to do this right away. This is going to be like episode four. But obviously life happened and we just got really excited. We have all these amazing guests on. So we put this on the back burner, but now it's back. It's here. This outline has been written since January. But yeah, side hustles and how to make money. So we're both pretty passionate about this, I would say. Just because once we go <laughs> yeah. through this list, we both have done a lot of side hustles and we're both very much fans of like not doing things the traditional way. So I guess should we hop into what we do currently? Yeah, I think that way it will give people context. So we'll say what we do for a living right now and then we'll talk about all the side hustles that we've done and then give you some tips for starting your own side hustle or just like other ways mm -hmm. to make money. And also some of our ideas that worked really well and some that were a total <laughs> bust. <laughs> 
<laughs> that we don't recommend because yeah. I've had quite a few. <laughs> I've gotten ambitious. Like I've got ambitious with some of my side hustles because you know some worked really well, and then I'm like, oh my god, this is not easy. I just <laughs> lost four hundred dollars. So not doing yes. this again. <laughs> Scratch that one off the list. <laughs> yes. Okay. So it's funny because I truly don't think people know what I do for a living. So this is a good clarifying segment just to let people know because I literally posted about my social media management job, like on my Instagram and story was like, who do you work for? Like, I would love a job in social media. And I was like, okay, we got to talk about this on the podcast. Cause like, yeah, I don't think the people, people know that I'm like freelancing. They do not know. Yeah. So the main ways I'm currently making money, social media management, I have a client who needs a lot of help. So luckily I get to run their Instagram account, their Facebook and run their website and design their website. So I did a whole rebrand with them this spring, which was so much fun. So that is the one big way I'm making money right now. And then TikTok and Instagram collaborations that has recently become a bigger revenue stream for me. Um, as some of you know, if you listen to our get to know us episode, I was full-time with a company in the fall and then got laid off. So I've totally transitioned into freelance. And then once you get laid off, you're like, okay, if there's Instagram brands or brands out there that want to collaborate, I'm so open to it. Like extra money. As long as I, you know, totally agree with the brand. I would never just like promote something Absolutely. that I wouldn't buy myself. So that's another way of making money. Photography and videography is something I'm still doing. So I actually have some seniors in college that I'm taking their pictures next weekend down at Mizzou. So that'll be super fun. And then wedding videography and photography. I have the summer freelance producing. I am still producing with the company that I was working with full-time on a freelance basis. So I make money whenever they have projects and they need a producer. And if there's other companies, um, some random projects will come up where I can freelance for a day or for a weekend. So that's always fun. And then digital products. I sell some products on my website and that is currently all my ways of making money. Yeah, that's that's a lot. <laughs> yeah, I know. I It's truly like you don't think about it until you're sitting down, you're filming, like recording this episode. I'm like, oh, wait, I have a lot of different buckets. I also think we should clarify. We keep saying clarify. There's a lot of clarifying going on in this episode. Um, what freelancing is, because when I was like in high school, I don't mm-hmm. even think I would have known what that word meant. Um, essentially it just means you don't actually work for that company. They hire you more on a one-off basis. So let's say like you're your own boss, you make your own schedule, you make the pay structure, and then either those people can agree to your terms or they can hire someone else. Mm -hmm. So you're not like, they don't, you're not a W2 employee essentially. Mm -hmm. Yes. So I have my own LLC, Kara Kirkpatrick Media that I operate under. And then when I freelance, Yeah, they just hire me for different projects or on a retainer basis. So yeah, great clarification for sure. And I would say there's, we could probably make a whole episode about the pros and cons of freelancing, but the biggest Mm -hmm. con I would say right out of the gate is probably just like taxes and having to kind of be your own accountant because at a regular job, let's say you work for a coffee shop, you know, they're going to make your paycheck, take all of your taxes out, do everything. But when you're your own employee, you have to kind of keep that money all year and then at the end pay in your taxes. So I think that's important to note because a lot of these side hustles are freelance based, I guess. And Mm -hmm. definitely be aware of that before next tax season comes around and all of a sudden you (laughs) owe like thousands of dollars and you're like, wow, I didn't know that that's how that worked. (laughs) This sucks. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) Screw Allison and Carol. It's terrible advice. (laughs) Yeah. No, definitely be aware of taxes. That is scary. Yeah. It's not fun. Currently paid in quarter one sales tax today. If anyone's a fellow business owner out there, you know, quarter taxes are dagger to the heart. So I started my money this morning with a couple thousand dollars to the good old government. Love it. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say Uncle Sam, but I don't even, people say that anymore. Um, I was wondering, I was like, yeah, what do you say? Yeah. <laughs> okay. So my mainstream of income since last June, 2020, I own a store. It's called New Wave. It's here in Omaha. I sell new secondhand pre-loved or new vintage and pre-loved clothing, home decor, accessories, art. It's open Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. Uh, customers literally always come in and they're like, so what else do you do? And I'm like, no, this is this is very full time. Like I also have employees. <laughs> like I would be like, are you are you in college still? And I'm like, no, nah, bro, I'm literally 26. Like this, this is it. <laughs> That's a compliment though, because we're getting old real fast. I want to be confused as a college student as much as possible. <laughs> True. As Lane said, I still look 26 minus the eye bags. <laughs> 
Okay, yeah. So I own New Wave. That's probably 90% of my focus most of the time. Um, but I also have app covers on my website. So as Kara said, digital products, right when the new iPhone update came out and everyone was, you know, doing the whole app cover thing, I made, I have like, I don't know, six different app covers and they go pretty viral on Pinterest. So I think that's how most people find them. Mm-hmm. I will take on freelance projects here and there. Prior to opening New Wave, I just only did freelance. So there's still some clients that I will kind of pick and choose to keep doing stuff for them. But it has to be really worth it for me because if I'm going to stop everything I'm doing and do it for someone else, like they're going to have to pay me more than I could pay myself. So I do get a lot of inquiries for it, but I really won't take it on unless it's a large project, like a full website design, a full rebranding, a full consultation. I'm not just like going to make one little logo at this point anymore. I just don't have the creative capacity to do one hour projects five times a day. Yeah. I feel like you can do that. I cannot do that. (laughs) The store is just too much. Yeah, I need to factor in like the back and forth with emails mm-hmm. for a small project because if you're spending like three to four hours just talking about the project and then by yeah. the time you do the project for an hour rate and then it's like, wait, that was not worth the total time. Yeah, exactly. Sure. But if you're going to spend three to four hours communicating and it's a 30 hour project and they're going to pay you mm-hmm. five grand, you're like, yeah, totally can meet for coffee a couple times. Yeah, exactly. Um, Yeah. So that's kind of what we're currently doing. I'm sure if you ask us again in six months, we'll have a whole different answer because I don't think I've ever kept the same income stream for more than like six months. It's always, always changing, adding, fixing, fine tuning. I'm sure same for you. That's good because adapt or die. (laughs) You got to switch it up. So that's what Lane says. We just keep referencing Lane. It's fine. Lane was episode 10. If you guys want to go back and rewatch that one or re-listen. Yeah. Well, I think we want to talk about really quick why we think side hustles are important. I think it's super important just because, well, for one, for me, side hustles can turn into your career. For me, I started taking pictures on the side in high school, charging like literally $30 for a senior portrait shoot. <laughs> Gas. And who would have, yeah, like really expensive, honestly. <laughs> but I'm like, who would have known taking pictures on the side would have turned into something that I loved and have done as a career. So I think it's good to do side hustles to kind of dip your toes in different industries. And then maybe you realize that you're super passionate about that. Absolutely. Or you realize it's a flop and then you didn't have to commit yes. to it. And then, yeah. you know, maybe a side hustle can help you change your major or like go further into that realm without taking on too much risk or commitment. Right. Where if you jumped into a job that maybe you weren't sure you have to stay in that job typically for at least a year. So it doesn't look like you're bouncing around on your resume that, you know, those old timey rules. So the old timey rules. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I also looked it up and one in three people in the U S do have a side job. And I feel like that's a lot. I also think it's getting more normalized. Not that it should matter if things are do it. If you want to do it, it doesn't need to be normal for you to do Mm -hmm. a side job. But I do think people are starting to want more things and like go on trips and you know, it's a very consumerist based society. So I think people are Ubering and doing all the things to earn extra money so that they can have all these fancy stuff and pay their rent and I don't know. But yeah, I think we can go ahead yeah, with and our- Obviously with COVID, we realize more than ever that, I don't know, jobs can be super unstable. Yeah. And then if you have something that's your own, like you have your own Depop store or your own photography business, like COVID can't take that away from you, I guess, or just like the circumstances of COVID. So I think more than ever, people are tapping into their entrepreneurial side. And I think in 2020, I read that there had been more filings for LLCs than ever before. So people are starting businesses because yeah, you just never want to be the person that gets laid off. So I think it's good to tap into what you are passionate about and how you can make that make money for you. Exactly. And then that way you can like work more because I feel like I work 78 hours a week, but sometimes I'm like, I, I worked 12 hours. I didn't even feel like it. I didn't even like notice I was working. And if mm-hmm. I worked, you know, at a coffee shop for 12 hours or like a bar, I'd be exhausted. So yeah. finding something that you really enjoy can also give you that work-life balance that you wouldn't necessarily get from something that you hate. Yeah. But that's great. Should we get into our yeah. guys? We could have made a 100, a list of 100 things each, probably of things we've that done. That we've done. <laughs> yeah. So we made it shorter. So 
like we said, we want to hop into what we've done in the past, what hasn't worked. And hopefully this will give you guys some ideas if you are interested in getting a side hustle. And if you're not interested, then just enjoy these stories. (laughs) (laughs) Different ways we've made money. So I can go first with one of my first ones. Um, Yeah, the first true side hustle other than babysitting that I had was photography. And I started that my sophomore year of high school. Um, I got a camera for Christmas. I begged my parents for a camera and I didn't think they were getting it for me. So like on Christmas Eve, I was like, guys, like, can we please like get like, I don't know. I was showing them like all these sales and they're like, stop, like you're (laughs) fine. You don't need a camera. Cause I just like did not think they were getting it for me. I was such a brat. That's like the only thing I wanted. And I was just like convinced, like, why did I think my parents didn't love me? Like they were going to get me the camera that I was begging for. But then, yeah, I got a camera and took it everywhere. Started with some seniors at my high school. And then that has grown into, yeah, doing weddings and headshots and family portraits and stuff. So that was my first true side hustle. And that taught me how to charge people like you would just it's just funny how many mistakes I made in the beginning. Like I would just like forget to charge people. There are definitely shoots that I just like never got paid for because I was just like happy so to be new doing to it. it. Yeah. Yeah. And I was so happy to do it and like just learning. So yeah. I'm glad I got through those mistakes before. Like I actually like, need the money now and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm not like forgetting to get paid and by people. But yeah. yeah. Uh, I think my first thing I ever did outside of, like you said, babysitting the basics. Um, <laughs> I My mom is from South Dakota. So one time we, we were up there, we'd always go there in the summer and I was at this thrift store. Also, the more you get to know me, you'll understand that like I've just been thrifting my whole life. Like so new, the concept of new wave being more of like a resell shop is not new to anything that I've ever done. And I was like at this, at this thrift store and they had all of these really cute high-waisted denim jeans and the lady was trying to get rid of them. And she was like, I will literally give you like a hundred pairs for like 20 bucks. And I was like, okay, I don't even know what I'm going to do with these, but I'll figure it out, I guess. And you know, like Levi's, Wranglers, Lee's, like all the good brands now think what year is it? 2021. This was probably 2010. So, you know, now everyone knows those are really cool, like vintage brands, but back then it wasn't really like that. Um, but I took them back to Omaha and I just like cut a couple of them up, like distressed them, dyed, bleached some of them. And again, like I said, 2010, you could not go to Urban Outfitters or Forever 21 and buy like cutoff shorts. Like they didn't exist. I don't even know how that is like possible, but everything back then like had a hem and was very like polished. And Mm -hmm. so I just like had all these shorts and I was wearing them around. And one time I was at the mall and this girl came up to me and she was like, I'm obsessed with those shorts. Like, where did you get those? And I was like, oh, I just like made them. And she was like, I'll pay you 40 bucks if you'll make me a pair. And I was like, well, good thing I have literally 95 other pairs of jeans sitting in my room. And so I was like, okay, cool. Like, give me your measurements. And so I made them to her and then it just kept spiraling. And I ended up making like a whole batch for this boutique that's in, um, that was in Benson. And shout out to the owner. She listens to the podcast and she always tells me her funny recaps of what she tells her husband. But um. Yeah, she was really influential to me and like trusted me as a young creative and let me sell her, sell my shorts at her shop, um, which just gave me the courage, I guess, to keep going. And then I even, I was like in the Miller North newspaper for it and people would just oh like gosh. message me and ask me to make them stuff. And I, that is so normal. I was basically Depop, but 10 years ago. And it was the Tumblr era oh, where like yes. the high-waisted shorts were huge. And you're right. You literally could not buy them anywhere, but like I had them all over my Tumblr page yeah and like a girl like basically had to make them you couldn't buy a girl had to make them yes because I even bought some but I bought mine like way later because I couldn't get any like you can't buy them at that point no and I even feel like back in the day like 40 to 50 dollars like for a high schooler to buy just like cut off jeans that like that was kind of a lot and I probably could have even charged more but me being 15 I thought I was like making a million bucks doing that yeah Um, that's great so yeah that was really long um (laughs) Sorry. No, that's good. That's a good example for sure. And yeah, it's so easy to do so easy. nowadays if you were wanted to. Okay, hopping back into photography, another time that I had done a side hustle was brand photography. So a huge website, if you are interested in getting into side hustling, that you need to know, maybe you do know, is Fiverr. It's this website. It's called Fiverr because the theory is that anything's $5 and up. So you can put yourself on there for literally anything. And I first found out about this when I was working at a country club over the summer. We, My boss was 
so good at marketing. He hired this guy on Fiverr to do a voiceover for like the swim team hype up video. And it was like some British guy <laughs> like who did a voiceover for like $20. And it was like, Krakens, are you ready for the season? And it was like, <laughs> so, I was like, what is this? I'm like, Ben, where did you find this like British guy? And he's like, oh, Fiverr. And so I put myself on there to do brand photography. So I actually got a couple different deals through this. And these brands would send me their product and I would just take cool stage pictures. And you really like you just need like a DSLR. Like you don't even need that much experience in photography. Like if you just have a camera and just know how to adjust the settings, like literally just go on YouTube, you can just take nice pictures for brands through Fiverr. And then I would just send them the photos and then they would send me just through PayPal. And it was like the easiest thing ever. So I did that one summer. Once it got like really ugly out in Omaha, like once the snow and stuff started coming I couldn't really do it as much anymore because like <laughs> stuff just like didn't look good outside but yeah that, that was a really easy side gig that I would totally recommend to people I do have a follow-up with brand photography so I gotta you know when you get an ad on Instagram and you're like wait actually this is a good ad like thank you for actually targeting mm-hmm. me with something I want for once uh like two weeks ago <laughs> I, I think they're called the everyday co but they're out of Australia and they're all these backdrops and they came in this week they're like fifty dollars each but I found a promo code so I think they were like 40 they're probably a yard by two feet and they are mm-hmm. stunning all of these different backdrops so I got three to shoot indoor products for new wave and like look them up on Instagram and their website. They came so fast. They're such high quality. They look exactly like marble or brick or Mm. distressed or whatever. And they have all these videos on there of how to set multiple of them up. So that would be a good, I don't know, tip if you want to do brand photography indoors, you know, for like makeup products or like food or packaging or. Yeah. You definitely need some props and like backdrops like that for sure. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. I'll have to share them. I'm so happy with how they turned out. Um, Let me see. Go back to my list of my next (laughs) suggestion. Okay. After that, I used to work at a different boutique in high school and ended up kind of working for them through college as well. Um, But I was, I started off just being, you know, the, hi, welcome to the store, check the person out. And after working there long enough, I kind of pitched to the owners like, hey, you guys need to like get on Instagram. You need a website. Again, this is 10 years ago. So things were not that (laughs) obvious back then. And I typed them up like a 20 page document of how I felt like I could take their brand from here to there and pitch it to them. And I was like, my asking rate is $2,500 because I knew this was going to be a ton ton of work. And I was like 18. And they were like, no, that's way too much money. And I was like, okay, well, I'll, I'll go to someone else then. And they're like, oh, okay, 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 okay. And they hired me to do it. And yeah, I like learned a lot, helped them a lot. Um, but I think that that's another tip is if you see an opportunity at your place of work already, might as well just like, you know, the place better than anyone else you work there. So mm-hmm. pitch maybe if you see a, a problem going on there that you could solve, might as well do that than like, you know try to go somewhere else and do it. Yeah. That's so important to tap into your connections and who you know, because most of these jobs, like these side hustles and these stories are like clients or people that I know or someone that I know knows them. Like there's always some sort of connection. It's so much easier than going into business. They have no idea who you are. They're like, why should we trust you? Yeah. That's such a good tip. Brand reputation built up with that person. Yeah. Yeah. What's your next one? So something that I currently do that isn't like a main source of income, but it's a side hustle is Poshmark and eBay. So I try to flip my clothes, like put them on Poshmark as soon as I'm done with them. Like as soon as I just don't think I'm going to wear it as much anymore, just because it's good to get ahead of it because those styles are still in style. That's what I've been trying to get better at is like listing stuff while it's still cute because there's some people's Poshmarks that are just like clothes from six years ago. And it's like, like sis, we all have that shirt. (laughs) Yeah, we all have that. I don't know. Yeah. And I've done that. Like I'm not, I've only gotten better at this recently, but yeah, try, I've been trying to list stuff on Poshmark sooner so that they're still trendy, still in style, but that's definitely a good source of income. Um, and then, yeah, I guess I was going to say something about eBay, but I did make a lot of money with my parents when they were selling their house. We sold a lot of stuff on eBay and Facebook marketplace, which was really great. Facebook marketplace is actually a huge side hustle. Like if you get on that side of TikTok, there are so many people that sell furniture on Facebook marketplace and it sells within like hours. Hours. It is crazy. So fast. Anything at yeah. New Wave, if I like have a piece of furniture that hasn't sold in like two months, I put it on Facebook marketplace and someone's like, I'll be there in 11 minutes. I'm like, it, yeah. this has been sitting here for three months. I don't understand. Yeah. It is crazy. Like, 
yeah, I highly recommend Facebook Marketplace and checking out some of those TikToks if you're interested in like flipping furniture. That's such a good way to do it. Yeah, my suggestion for that would be like to pick a niche of a furniture type. Like some people will focus on like mid-century modern or like Mm -hmm. boho pieces. That way, you know, you get it ranked as a seller in Facebook Marketplace and then people can come back and be like, Mm -hmm. oh, I really like your style of furniture. And then you also will know what those pieces are worth. You know, it it is pretty competitive. Is it really? Yeah. Well, I mean, you just want to know what you're selling. Like if you go into Mm -hmm. a thrift store, you have to know like that type of table is a mid-century modern table and it's from this era and it should go for this price. Otherwise, you're just going to think it's a brown table. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, definitely. And same with that, along with Poshmark and eBay, there's also Depop. I feel like all of them Mm kind of have their target audience. I feel like Depop is a little more vintage. Poshmark Mm -hmm. is more like secondhand, Mm -hmm. you know, like a trendy Urban Outfitters set that sold out, but is now on Poshmark. And then Depop is maybe reworked denim and like yeah. Really rare vintage t-shirts. So yeah, yeah, they're all they're, they're definitely check them both out. And I think even Depop has a smaller seller fee. It's 10%. Is that true? I feel like Poshmark is 20, but I could Jeez. be wrong. So yeah, it's actually so messed up. So if that's important to you, definitely compare those two before you make a decision on where to sell. Man. So that's a lot of money. Yeah. My, my other tip would be if you're uh, selling clothes either through Instagram or any of those Depop will do it automatically, but use Shippo, S-H-I-P-P-O. It is the best shipping integrated platform. Like I swear, if you go to the post office and were to mail something that was like $18, it would probably be like seven on Shippo. Mm-hmm. You basically just type in everything from your own laptop and then print the label at home. So I feel like where they save the money is you're not paying like the post office labor for them to, you know, do everything. And then you just go to the post office and you drop it off in the bin. You don't have to wait in line. You don't have to pay for their boxes. Like you can literally put in any type of packaging you want from home. Like I've seen people put it in like an oatmeal box or a cereal box. Just like shove a t-shirt in there and then like slap the Shippo label on it and you're good to go. Like didn't cost you anything. That's in with Amazon these days. Like you can't tell me there's not like one box in your house. Lying around your house. (laughs) Yeah. A shoe box. Like, yeah, don't make it that hard. You can literally just like fold up like cardboard and put it around something. Yeah. Okay. Shippo is a great idea. Yeah. If you go to the post office, it's so expensive. It's like discouraging. (laughs) Did you just go? Yeah, you went, right? And then I kind of (laughs) piggybacked off of it. No, you're good. No, that's great. Um, I feel like all of mine are taking a problem and trying to find a solution. And that was also something I really learned in design school is every single thing in the world is essentially like a design problem. And you're like Mm -hmm. here to find a solution. You can take any company and that's any successful company is solving a problem. So another thing that I did is I used to go to school in Lincoln and now I live in Omaha. They're like an hour away. Lincoln is where the big football team is. Omaha doesn't really have that. So a ton of people that live in Omaha will always go down to Lincoln for football game days. Well, an hour is a long drive. And like, if you're going with your friends, no one wants to be the sober driver. A hotel is going to cost you like Mm -hmm. 500 bucks at least, or like an Uber would probably be like $200 round trip. So I was like, wow, maybe I should put together a party bus that goes from Omaha to Lincoln and before the game. And then after the game drives back from Lincoln to Omaha. And so I coordinated with a bar in Omaha and one in Lincoln and a party bus company, put all the tickets online and then people just bought them. And then I wrote it down, literally went and got drunk myself, had a fun game day, like a, and then just like rallied people up at the end and like got people back. And I'd probably make like, I don't know, $400 a game day for something that I would have already been doing. Yeah. Cause you know, you just have to think like, well, I want to go down there and I don't want to get a DUI or be a sober driver. So how could, how could I make this beneficial for me and other people? Such a good idea. That was like, that's a true side hustle. Like going out there, getting all those coordinate, like getting all those contacts, coordinating everything. Mm -hmm. You could do that like anywhere. I mean, obviously events are a little lulled down right now, but you could do that anywhere in the country. Yeah. Events, concerts, holidays, like a St. Patrick's one, you know, that like picks people up even like in the suburbs and takes people downtown. Yeah. Do you have any other like specific problem, problem solved examples that you could give? Uh, I think finding things that are sold out. So say like a Lollapalooza Mm. concert ticket or shoes. Well, you can go into this because I saw you. That was a (laughs) failed one for you. Things that sell out really fast online that you know people will end up wanting down the line. So Lollapalooza concert tickets, you know, you get on. I had like two, my desktop, my laptop, like my, I used to have two cell phones at the time. I had them all up to try to get tickets right when they went live. And so I think I bought like 20 of them. I mean, yeah, you're gonna have to have the capital to buy that many up front, but then you can resell them, literally do nothing besides post the fact that you have tickets and give them to someone and make a grand just by like buying something at the right time before it sells out and then 
Yeah, I think you made a good point. Just like knowing what's going to sell out mm-hmm. is a good point because I <laughs> wanted to do something like this. And I tried to, so I used to work at a box office for concerts, like a Ticketmaster box office at the University of Missouri. I was the marketing director and we were in the office and they were like, oh my gosh, like the chain smokers are coming to St. Louis and it's like selling out. And I was like, what? Like, I want to go. And so at the box office, they had like four floor tickets and I was like, oh, well, I'll definitely like find people to go with me. And if I don't, like, I'll just sell them like their floor tickets and it's going to sell out. Like it's a it's a win win. Um, The concert did not sell out. <laughs> um, oh, shit. Like, wait, why did I think that the Chainsmokers, like a standalone concert would be a good one to like resell tickets? So me and Connor went. I ended up just giving him a ticket and then I like ate the cost of <laughs> no. like, two tickets because I could no one would buy them. Like <sighs> it was just that's like a good concert to go to if you're already at like a festival or if there's other people performing but yeah so definitely be sure that I mean like yeah you can't go wrong with like Lollapalooza or Coachella or even like a bigger names artist but just make sure that but I think that, that still goes down. back to like picking a niche and knowing it like if you're a big concert buff yeah. you're gonna know what concerts sell out and if you're like not very into music then like probably don't try to flip concert tickets. Yeah. That's the thing. Like it's so true. You do have to, I guess, pick a niche that you're even interested in because I had no interest in like going on Ticketmaster and like listing it and like finding people. I don't know. Like that was just so much work for me. (laughs) Like, so cause I put, I put them on Ticketmaster, but like, I don't know. I feel like I could have like maybe tried a bit harder, but mm-hmm. it was just like so not interesting to me. So I'm glad that it wasn't that expensive. <laughs> um, so I didn't have to like eat too much of a cost. But yeah, that was not a good one for me. Oops. Now, you know, um, I realized yeah. another one with a problem and solution. Uh, I used to do events. So I noticed in the wedding industry that there was a, a big gap of like just day of coordinators. Like a lot of people mm-hmm. didn't either couldn't afford to hire like a full wedding coordinator or they would hire the full wedding coordinator. But there was a lot of people that were just in the middle that are like, I don't want to put all of this on like my maid of honor or my mom mm-hmm. because I want them to be able to also enjoy the day. But I don't want to dish out, you know, eight grand for a full event coordinator. Like I don't need all of that. And right. I'm a pretty like non-commitment person. That's why all of these things I'm like, cool, party bus done, season's over. Like I just kind of like to get in, make the money and get out. Like I don't want to have to dwell on these projects forever. So with the day of wedding coordinator, I was like, we get one meeting before the wedding and then I'm going to just coordinate only your event. I'm basically just kind of like running errands that day. Like you kind of have everything else decided and I'm just here to be an extra person with a vehicle, get to each venue before the next part of the wedding. You know, you're at the rehearsal, then they come, whatever. Um, And I, I easily made, depending on how intense it was, I think I had charged between 650 and like 1200 and it's one day, you know, like yeah. it's so easy. But for them, they think it's a great deal because they're like, well, I would have had to pay five grand for a full wedding coordinator. So mm-hmm. that was just finding a hole. Like, why aren't there any day of coordinators in the area? And I still will get so many people that ask if I do that. But now mm-hmm. I run the store on the weekend. So there's really no, can't do both. And how did you initially let people know that you were starting that? Um, I made a graph or like a nice little PDF flyer with all my pricing. I also, how do you feel about putting your pricing out in the world? I think that is the best way to do it. If you can put your pricing like just on your website or just even like a general range of what you charge, that just saves everybody back and forth. It saves you an hour of answering emails for like, Hey, what are your prices? Like if someone knows they're only going to spend a thousand dollars on a day of coordinator, if you have your prices on your website, you're just going to avert people who like won't hire you. Yeah. Because the number, the number one thing people are going to ask when they see you, what's your price? Mm-hmm. And yeah. Like you said, it just saves so much time and headache and it cuts out people that you wouldn't want to be your customer anyway. Cause if they, if they think you're, if they, if they can't afford you and they're not going to continue to reach out. So it just yeah. remo- removes all of that. It just saves everyone time. <laughs> yeah. Cool. I'm glad you agree with that too. I'm all yeah. about putting, just put the price out there. Yeah. So you posted that PDF, just tapped into your network again. Yeah, put People it on the website. Um, definitely shared it, Facebook, Instagram, whatever. And truly, once you get one client, then they're going to probably tell mm-hmm. other people. I think I also had a few photographer friends that do or like do wedding photography. I just told them like, hey, yeah, because they're the people that are going to be talking. Usually people book their photographer first, I feel like. 
mm-hmm. and then they'll, you know, be talking to them because a lot of times they try to hone off like the event coordinator role onto photographers. And they're like, no, yeah. I'm the photographer. I'm not here to like make your whole your whole day, like someone else has to do that. For sure. It can totally <laughs> fall onto the photographer to be like, okay, it's 1045. We got to go do this. And then it's 1230. Now we got to go do this. Yeah. I've seen that happen. So yeah. And you're like, that is not what I'm getting but paid for not here. My job. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Your next one. So yeah. How many more do you want to do? Should we do like maybe one more that we do and then maybe like things that we wish we've done or like what we want to do in the future and then wrap up. So something that I'm doing currently that I didn't realize was a side hustle was the cash back in the points game. If you guys know what I'm talking about, credit card points, cash back websites like Rakuten. Um, I have Rakuten and Honey installed on my computer and I get points through Rakuten whenever I shop online and there's like a website that links with Rakuten, like you'll literally get cash back. So that's another side hustle because I've made probably like at least $400 doing literally no extra work, just having this plugged into my computer and just like shopping online and getting points back. And then, yeah, the credit card points game is a whole nother side hustle, which that was my 2020 goal was to learn more about how I can get cash back and credit card points and stuff. So getting a good credit card, putting purchases on that credit card and using like if it has four times points on dining Mm -hmm. or four times point on travel, like that's a whole nother way to make so much more money that I just, I never realized was technically a side hustle, but it is. So yeah. yeah. And you can refer other people to those credit cards. So like my capital one, any person I refer that uses my link, I get a hundred dollars. And I think I've referred, mm-hmm. eh, you only get five a year, but I've had it for a few mm-hmm. years. So I think at this point I've probably made like 800 from it, but it's like, that's yeah. $800 from people using your link. So also that link is in my bio. If you want the capital one card, it's amazing. And everyone gets that. Like anyone that uses the capital one card then gets their own referral link that people can mm-hmm. use. Do you want to yeah. spell um, the Rakuten word out? Because I, I have never heard of that one. Yeah, it's Rakuten, um, R-A-K-U-T-E-N. Yeah, you can find it online, but you just, I mean, I'm sure they sell your data, just <laughs> a preface, like they definitely do. But I don't care. <laughs> like I, yeah. I, You get money from it. And I actually, so the good thing with Rakuten is if you have an Amex card, which I do, you can get Amex points instead. And it's actually valued at double of what you get with Rakuten. And so I'm technically getting like wow double, double the cash back, but through rack or through Amex points. So wow, maybe are you good at credit card points? Because I feel like we could do a whole episode. I have a I friend know. we could bring on who is so good with all of that. I feel like that'd be really interesting because I I feel like I could talk about that for like an hour. Yeah, same. Yeah, we so should definitely we'll do on, that. I have a couple friends. Maybe we'll find someone that can talk about the credit card points because I think it's so important to. Yeah, it's money you're already, you're already spending. spending money. Yeah. Especially exactly. like with traveling, like there's so many that right when you get the card, you just get like a $500 bonus. Like that's literally your whole flight. Yeah. And there's different ways you can spend your points that are more valuable than other ways. And mm-hmm. I don't think people realize that. So it'd be really good to do an episode like that. Yeah. I love sure. it. Sweet. Um, Gosh, I have so many more. <laughs> okay. I think I'll just like briefly skim on a few things rather than like diving all into them. Um, so I will say, I know Craigslist gets a bad rep, but there are some really legit things on Craigslist. Um, one time I found a hair show, literally just went to the place. They did my hair. I had to sit on stage. So they dyed my hair for me, paid me $500 and I got all these free products. And it was, it was a real thing. Um, there was a Facebook community boost at UNO. You basically went and helped older people learn how to use Facebook. I think that was $300 and it was a two day thing. Also, you can sell things on Craigslist. Then the other one, once events start getting back up, I've done so many concerts where I was either bar backing or bartending. Like College World Series, obviously being in Omaha, we're really fortunate to have that. Um, But every city has things like that. Literally just, you could email bars and be like, hey, anytime that you guys have big events like in your neighborhood, like you call me up. I'm willing to help do anything. And I think a big part of it is just being willing to work. Like I, you have to, you know, let your pride and ego down because I went from being the general manager of a bar in Lincoln to last summer, I helped bar back at the college world series, like went from running an entire venue to being the shit person at the very bottom of the list that like cleans up the puke and takes the trash out. But I'm like, I don't care. I can make Mm -hmm. a couple hundred dollars in a day. Like what? Who's laughing? Not me. Yeah. <laughs> I don't care. Yeah. Like I'm. Hand me the bucket. <laughs> Give me the bomb. <laughs> yeah. 
yeah, I don't know. It's just like, get over yourself. Like my dad's always said like, any job is better than no job. So if you think that you're too good for a job and you don't have a job, why would you think that? <laughs> so yeah, should we do some other tips that we think if someone's interested in starting a side hustle that they can implement? Yeah. Um, like Allison said, try to find a problem. That's really so true. It's just, that is the theory of business. It's just finding a problem and then finding a solution. Um, and then also think about what you're passionate about. I truly believe that everybody's passions can be turned into a form of income because that's how you make work fun. It's doing what you love and not making it feel like work. So whether that be, I don't know, like that for me, that was photography or if you make stuff, like maybe think about starting an Etsy shop, um, or even like experiment with what you can make, like go on Etsy and see what's selling. And maybe you can like mm-hmm. do your own spin on something. Yeah. There's so many different ways you can do that. Selling on Amazon. That's a huge one. There's so many YouTube videos of yeah. that's my next, honestly, that's probably my 2022 goal. We can all hate Amazon, whatever, but something I did realize, yes, Amazon is kind of the giant. Well, they are, but also all of these people are making money. It's not only Amazon, like little small mm-hmm. businesses are making money from selling on Amazon. So at this point, it's kind of like hating eBay or hating Depop. Like Amazon's just the site in which people sell them at. Yeah. Does that make sense? <laughs> yeah, I agree. I have I have nothing else to add, honestly. Oh, okay, <laughs> okay. Um, my other tips would be just like letting people know that you're like available and like seeking mm-hmm. other work. Um, for example, when I was staying at a hostel in Croatia, the other pub crawl leader and like the owner were just kind of asking me what I was doing. And I was like, you know, I'm here for three months, but I don't have like a ton of money. So I'm just kind of like hanging around. And they were like, oh, well, would you want to like work reception a few days and like be the pub crawl leader? So they ended up hiring me for a month and I got to work at this amazing party hostel in Croatia. And if I didn't kind of say that I was looking, then how how is anyone going to know in order to offer you? And for example, Clay loves to mow lawns. Like in his next life, I feel like he should be like a landscape architect. But I mean, he has a good full-time job, but he kind of just like told his parents and friends of family that he just like still loves to mow lawns and go outside and get tan and get a workout in. And so in the summer, he'll go and mow I don't know, like five lawns a week, you know? And if you're getting 40 bucks a lawn, like that's a lot for something. Like he just gets to go out and tan and have a nice Saturday afternoon. So I think it's letting people know that you're willing to do that work so that they can tell other people or hire you when the time is right. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, I guess you said you want to get on Amazon. A few other side hustles that I want to get into in the future. I would love to have an Airbnb property. We've talked about this. I feel like, Allison, you have to, like, I feel like New yeah. Wave, your vision for that, but then, like, you do a new vision for Airbnb in Omaha. I feel like that'd be such a cool project for you. Dude, I know. I was, well, my thought with the well, store. You, you said it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I was like, if the store fails, it'll, it'll just be an Airbnb, I guess. Oh, so cool. Yeah. So I'd love I'm to do that you. in the future. Um, Dude, we can make an already friends Airbnb. Oh, my gosh. That'd be so Wouldn't that be fun. cute? Have all different oh themed rooms and be like fun for like bachelorette parties or like girls weekends. Yes. What was another one I was thinking of? I don't know. Oh, I do want to get into in the future blogging and hopefully YouTube could be a side hustle for me. I have been meaning to get more into the YouTube game because you can make money through AdSense. When people watch your videos, I have a friend who doesn't do YouTube full time, but she makes a thousand dollars a month off her YouTube videos. Like just in passive revenue. So that's awesome. Um, with that, yeah. I feel like we should, you know, the girl that we both love with the blog in New York and we're like, why is she not monetizing this thing? Yeah. Blogging guys, blogging is huge. Like if you can get into blogging, like I think people it's think not it's dead. dead. <laughs> yeah. It's not like my brother is getting into blogging and cause he has a friend who literally has four blogs that generate, <laughs> generate over $4 million a year in revenue, like blogs about Uber drivers and how they can make their cars better. Like, you know, just like a blog for Uber drivers, like a blog for people who own guns, like literally the most niche random thing you can think of. There's a market for that, like for a blog and you can make so much money. It's insane. So that's something I would love to get into more, but I don't know. I think I'm going to prioritize YouTube then blogging and then like some at some point I would love an Airbnb but obviously that requires a lot of money so we'll we'll see we'll take it one step at a time but there is truly opportunities everywhere you just got to be looking 
Got to be willing. And yeah. Oh, wait, I have one follow-up thing on the Uber thing because now I'm like, oh my God, do I need to be an Uber driver? When we were in San Diego, we were talking to our Uber driver. <laughs> so he's 34. He didn't graduate college and he used to drive for Greyhound buses and then started Ubering after Uber came along. And he said on an average month right now, he makes between 8000 and $10,000 a month and he only drives four days a week. And he said before the pandemic, he was making about fifteen to 16000 a month. I mean, he said even at the absolute worst in California, the least he ever made was 8000 And he bought a home way back after the financial crisis in like 2011, and it was worth 400000 And now he just had it appraised and it's worth $1.6 And this guy didn't go to college. He has no wife, no kids. And there's like an Uber site, I guess. So he it's not even his car. Like it's like Uber's car because he's a top-rated driver now. They literally gave it to him and all he has to do is put gas in and they like do all the maintenance on the vehicle. Wow. Yeah. That's incredible. I was like, so I'm rethinking my whole life. BRB. Yeah. I'm going to go drive Uber in San Diego. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. It just goes to show. Just find a niche, stick to it and good things will come. Yeah. Cause that's, oh, oh, oh my gosh. I'm like, last thing, last thing. So <laughs> I will say, so I did the, the cutoff shorts, which then led to me like flipping more clothes, which then mm. led to me doing like the Husker pop-up, which then led to me opening the store. So as we, yes. Kara was saying with like the photography, slowly over time, as you just put a little more into it, get a little more capital, keep putting it back in, it can turn into something way bigger. And you don't really know that at the beginning. So I think just getting started is the first step. I mean, obviously it's the first step, but you don't need to worry <laughs> no, about so what true. it could be in 10 years. Just like, do you put your one foot in front of the other and it will work itself out? Yeah. Like Allison always says, you're either working towards your own dream or for someone else's. So if a side hustle can turn into, you know, your own dream, why not? Why not try it? Why not try it? You've got nothing to lose. Well, amazing. Well, I think that to conclude, I don't know, try everything see what fails. Don't be afraid to pivot and try something else. Exactly. Cool. Who knows? Maybe next week, Allison will be driving Ubers. <laughs> and I'll be like, buy new wave. <laughs> yeah. Beep, beep. <laughs> All right. Awesome. Well, thank you guys for listening to another episode of Already Friends. We'll catch you next time. Bye. Thank you guys so much for listening to another episode of Already Friends. It means the world to us that you are listening, liking, subscribing, and following us on Instagram. We are really trying to build up our rating in Apple Podcasts. So if you could leave a review, we are a review and a rating. We are doing a giveaway at the end of the year for AirPod Pros. So Kara is going to tell you how you can enter that giveaway. Yes. So to be entered into this giveaway, you need to leave a five-star rating and review on the Apple Podcast app. Go ahead and click five star, write a little snippet about what you're enjoying with the podcast and then screenshot that and send it to our Instagram at we're already friends. That way you'll be entered. We'll see it. And yeah, we're doing the drawing at the end of the year. So again, thank you for your support. It really means the world to us and it lets us keep doing what we're doing. Yes. Thank you guys so much. We'll catch you next time. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Coriant has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Coriant has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Coriant's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Coriant.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Coriant.com. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.